This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the How Do You Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do You Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode brings my wife, Erin Finley, back on the show. When asked about what she wanted to talk about to kick off the year, she told me she wanted to interview me and practice hosting. So please give your attention to her as our guest host today. I believe she absolutely crushed it, and I'd love for you to give her some feedback on how she did. In the episode, we chat about some of the health struggles I've overcome, where this podcast and other projects are going, how to overcome the fear of what others think, and a bunch more. So let's give it up for Erin and jump right into the combo. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And it is the first episode of 2022. So I'm having my favorite person on planet Earth join me today, my lovely wife, Erin Finley. And we're going to switch it up a little bit. One of her goals eventually in the future, I think, is to potentially start her own podcast. So we're going to have her interview me and get in a practice session. We've done it before. We're going to do it again, and I'd love for you guys to reach out to her after this and let her know how she did. But before we get started, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Pressure's on now. (laughs) No, no pressure. It it definitely is a goal, but in the spirit of trying to reduce the amount of things I look to achieve in a year so that I can focus more on the key things, I'm taking it off my list this year. But I'm excited to be on this platform with you today. I always enjoy this. And today I jotted down some questions. Probably we'll do a little bit of rapid fire. Some with the theme of the new year, some just more random that I think would be useful for you to talk about that I don't think I've heard you talk much about here on this yet. So hopefully we can dig into some of those questions. So I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? A little hot, a little warm. This is the first day that we've uh, had our heat on uh, during the day in it's Austin, Texas. 44 degrees out right now. So Yeah, it was 80 it's yesterday so. and overnight went to 30. So I'm feeling a little bit warm. I don't know. 
I don't think that's the way that that's not the, that's not the answer that you were expecting, but that's what no. I'm feeling. <laughs> All right. So to kick it off today, we're going to talk, I mean, every, I feel like all that we see lately on social media, everywhere is about New Year's resolutions and goals. And I think that's great. But I think you and I both agree that it's less about what you set for yourself to achieve each year and more what you do daily, every day as it becomes who you are. So your habits, the systems that you put in place to gradually improve a little bit each day. So 1% better each day. If you were to reflect on the past year and you were to think about at the end of this year, so New Year's Eve 2022, what is one thing that you hope to say that you worked on a little bit each day that leads to like something profound? The great great question and a great way to look at things. Um, but the tough thing is when you have a bunch of choices, it's hard to make what, a choice. I mean, as you think about the past year though, or maybe the past couple of years, what is something about your habits, your actions, who you are that you realized you could improve? There's too many. Um, I know one for you. But I'll, I'll of course you. you know one. That's why you asked the question. You wanted to see. This I'm is what your happens. wife. I can think of a whole list. You, for those that are married <laughs> out there, this is this is what they do. They're, she asked me a question because she already has a preconceived answer. No, I just in case you can't see. think of anything, I have a few <laughs> up my sleeve. Uh, if I had one thing that if I could reflect on, um, I think this year, like last year, uh, let's start with last year. So in 2021, one of the things that I was really trying to do was to open up more and understand what I was feeling more in everyday life. And one of the ways that I did that was join my buddy Alex Weber, shout out to you for starting Men We Admire, and just like consistently every single week talking about feelings and my feelings and how life was and things like that with other men. That's not something that I've done ever in the past. And it was something that I strive to do in 2021 as I prepare to go into my thirties and then really want to mature in a lot of ways in understanding myself. And I want to stop the negative habits that I've had of like bottling everything up. And then it comes out as, lashing out in some type of way. So whether it's um, an argument, whether it's self-defeat, whether it's my own mind, kind of stepping into how do I learn how to communicate my feelings and let go of things to just feel lighter. So that was 2021. And I believe that I did a pretty good job of doing that. I don't want to say, I still need to work on that, but I don't want to use that as what I should be doing in 2022. I think something for 2022, the theme that I've been saying is put the blinders on. I've been saying it over and over and over again, meaning I need to reduce the amount of distractions around people, places, things that don't serve me and really dial into what is it that fills my cup every day? Because if I feel like I'm filled and I'm not burning out, I feel like I can have a massive impact on this planet and on the people that I want to serve. So if I had to summarize that into what is one thing that I can do every day, I would say I need to do a better job of ultimately practicing what I preach. So 
systems and processes is something that I teach my own clients. I need to improve my process of saying no to things. I think if I say- What does that look like? Let me give an example that I think can relate to everybody. I think this is an easy one. Um, We all have email. So if you're at a corporate job and you're in your flow state and you're working on something and you get an urgent quote unquote email from your boss or another uh, employee that's on your team, what do you do in that scenario? Do you answer the email and take your attention away from what you were working on? Or do you not answer them because it's urgent quote unquote and continue focusing on your flow state? Now, I don't, I don't live in the corporate world. I'm an entrepreneur, so it's a lot more fluid. There's a lot of things I don't have to answer to, right? But it creates another problem of what do I answer to that's aligned to what I need to be doing for my long-term goal. So in my world, I want this podcast to grow, right? So in my mind, I need to this year, that's the first thing I should be thinking about every day and anything that doesn't have to deal with this podcast and the guests and the stories that I want to serve to the world is a distraction or it just takes a second level priority. So once I finish what I need to do for this top level priority, I can then allow myself 10 minutes here and there to answer texts and and emails, 10 minutes here and there to produce some other content that has nothing to do with the podcast, 10 minutes here and there to go outside for a walk and rejuvenate. I have to prioritize what I know I want now that I know that I want it. And that's something that I'd struggled with in the past because I knew deep down, I really wanted to invest a lot of time into this podcast and continue to improve it, but I wasn't acting like it every single day. Awesome. I have a lot of follow-up questions, but I wanna go back to when you were talking about the Men We Admire group and opening up a little bit more about your feelings and showing up to a community of men each week. I think that's really uncommon, but really admirable. And I've enjoyed kind of just taking a back seat to that experience for you. I would want to know a little bit more about what you learned about yourself through that process and how you've been able to take the learnings from that experience and implement it into your life. So like, how is that experience of talking to these guys helped you in a way that like just talking it out with me hasn't helped? And then like, for other guys maybe listening that you know, may not have a community like that, what is an actual thing that they can do to still have that benefit? Okay, so I'm gonna have to hold that second question because I'm gonna have to ask you again to phrase that. But the first, to answer your first question, I learn more from other people talking. So I think in our relationship, it's your lens versus my lens. And I don't mean versus as in we're against each other. It's in you're walking through life and you're seeing life in some version and I'm seeing life in some version. We're also feeling life in different ways. Like you have different hormones, I have different hormones. You have different wants, I have different wants. You have different needs, I have different needs. We are built that way as male and female. Now, hearing others' stories And just listening then unlocks my ability to see where is that happening in my own life? Kind of like, it's like the blinders are off. I can see and I'm like, oh, I'm actually doing that too. Here's where I'm doing that in my life. I don't even have to say anything. So that's one way is just like hearing other guys talk about how they're feeling and what's going on in their life. I'll give you a great example. So it's just like a lot of 
males in their 30s want a significant other. High achieving males want a significant other, but they're not necessarily doing the right things or things they should be doing to attract that significant other. Then I think in my own life, I'm like, well, what am I doing that's causing you not to be attracted? So what are the inhibiting things, meaning like, what am I doing that's causing you to be frustrated with me, angry with me, all those things? I apply it to myself because I am one of the only married ones. So it's a little bit different for me, but I can still use their story and be like, okay, here's where I'm defeating myself in my relationship and what I'm doing. And they're defeating themselves and they're talking about, it's not like they don't know it. They know it. It's they, we use the group to be accountable to like, okay, this month I'm not going to do X, Y, Z and I'm going to do ABC. And then for me, I set the same goal, but just in a different frame because my life is a little bit different. And I think that's, that's what helps the most is hearing other people and being able to say, I'm not alone. Like, wow, I'm doing the same thing. So together, let's solve this problem. It's just like group fitness or group anything else. It's just, you set a common mission and it could be different individual goals, but the overall mission of the entire team is ultimately the same thing. So that's kind of where it helped me a lot because there's a lot of things that I do that when you're, and you can attest this, any human being can attest this. When you're in the moment, you're so caught up in your human instinct urges and just being, right? You don't necessarily realize you don't have that second lens until you hear somebody else say it and then you're like, oh shit, I'm doing that same thing. And now I can see it. My other question was for guys that, so you mentioned like just opening up more about what you're feeling and being able to translate that into words and instead of kind of shelling it up and lashing out or however you want to call it, you seem to have come up with a way of better handling your emotions and then communicating in a way that's more positive and beneficial to whoever it is that you need to communicate to. How, like for guys, and this community has helped you, but for people that, guys that may not be part of a community like this where they get together each week and work through things that they may be thinking about or it's on their minds, what can they do to also show up in that way? I think the the best lesson I learned, and again, this I'm always trying to relate to as many people as possible, and going back to the email, is write it but don't press send. Yeah, I like that. I was so, going to say, I see you journal a lot more too. I, I think one thing that I learned, and this is from the business world, is just like I've, I've seen people overreact and it bite them in the ass every single time. Like it always fails. And I think I'm working towards in our relationship, if I can't process an emotion or feeling, because you can process them so quickly. And if you notice, like anytime we've had arguments where they last longer than that day, at the end of the day, it's because... I can't even feel it that day. It takes me two or three days to be like, this is what I was feeling because there's a million other things going on in my head. And it's there's no right or wrong way. And that's the other thing I have as an engineer. I'm like trying to solve the equation. It's like, you can't solve what you're feeling. Like you can only give it time. So that's where the patience of like, write it out, give it time and then come back to it at a different date. And I mean, it, we've talked about this on, podcast before it's one reason we try not to text each other that much because you can be misinterpreted 
on the text and that creates conflict. Rather in person, if we can just give ourselves space and then come back and talk about it in a mature way, yeah. then it solves 99% of the problems because they never exist. The easiest way to solve a problem is have never have that problem exist in the first place. And any male that's out there right now, if you feel like you're lacking in some way, one, realize that you're not alone. Like we all feel like we lack at some capacity. But two, if you don't speak to the world, meaning if you don't learn how to ask for help, like, hey, I want to be a part of a community or, hey, I want to be able to express my feelings or, hey, I want to find my wife, then you need to be open to hearing opinions around how to go about doing so. Because I think for males, a lot of people don't, like me, I don't like being told what to do. So that's another reason why the memory of Meyer is great is because no one's telling each other what to do. It's all just open story, storytelling. So it's a great environment for me because it's not like we're sitting at a chalkboard being like, this is how you do this. It's more like, yeah, this is how my week went. This is the things I'm struggling with. This is the thoughts and feelings I have around work, my fitness, my health, my relationships. And I just pick and pull what I want to pick and pull. And it's very helpful. Awesome. The other thing that you mentioned was about putting blinders on. And I ha actually had this written down as something I wanted to ask you. I think both of us have been talking a lot about how like less is always more. And this year, especially like we want to declutter, declutter, not just physical space, but mental space and environment in general. So when you think about that, and I think it goes very closely aligned to the blinders on thing because decluttering allows you to really narrow your focus on what you've identified to be most important. So what, if you could identify one thing right now that you need to remove this year, what is it? Killing it already. Round of applause. Um, what do I need to let go? You talked a lot recently about removing alcohol from your life. And I think that's kind of an uncommon, that wasn't one that I was thinking of. I was thinking more of like environmental things, but that was a good example of how you've sort of decluttered some of your focus before to allow you to really narrow in on your health and business. I think I need to let go. This, and this is, this is a hard thing to put into words, but I'm going to try my best. I need to let go of a lot of the things that are going through my mind. And amen, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> and by let go, I don't mean, I think one of the things that you hear is, oh, go meditate. Oh, go do these things. That's not really what I mean. By let go, I mean that. Let it pass. The thought is going to happen. Yeah. But I need to do a better job of letting so is it, it pass. A, so let me dig into that a little bit more. Is it a negative thought or is it a thought of you should be doing something or is it a thought of, yeah, I guess those are the two options that come to mind for me. I mean, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't really have a ton of negative thoughts. Like I'm a big believer in as, as long as you're in positive environments, you're going to like so then the cause thoughts, positive the, thoughts, right. but overwhelming amount of thoughts and overwhelming amount of things you could be doing with your time on earth. Like if you're like me and you always are thinking about, wow, like my time is very valuable and I'm not going to be here forever. We're all going to die. 
wow, that's overwhelming because there's so many things I could be doing right now. Like, do I save the money? Do I make the money? Do I spend the money? Do I hang out with that person? Do I go take this vacation? Do I start this business? Do I end this business? Do I do like, there's a million things going through my head at any given time frame, And this is every human. So when I look at it, I'm like, this is every human. It's just, I've done the, the, good, the work of making the thoughts positive compared to they used to be a lot of negative. Now my success I would consider in life is going to be determined by my ability to let go of attaching actions to thoughts that I shouldn't attach actions to. And that even comes from what we were just talking about. If I have this thought and I let it pass, instead of biting you or barking at you, because I had that thought, let it go. Just let it pass and then focus on the next thing. And that's one of the things that has always been a struggle of mine. I'm like a monkey, just like attention is just craving the shiny object all the time. Now, when I reflect on why is it the shiny object and why do I get bored of the, the, the thing that I'm playing with prior to that, that is the toughest question for me to answer. I still am looking, I'm still seeking and asking myself that over and over and over again. I don't know if I'll ever find that answer. What's up guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before you get back into it, I have an opportunity I wanna tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, Sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. You talked about this the other day, but or I think it might have been at your event yesterday, but big goals, when we dream really big, those goals take up time from us. And time is focus, time is energy, time is all those actions that you talked about. And when you're talking about things crossing your mind and you feeling like you need to attach an action to them, that takes away from time that you could be spending somewhere else. And I think maybe Noah uses this quote too of wherever you're spending time, you're sacrificing somewhere else. So question I have for you is when you do, when you find yourself working towards a big goal, maybe it's towards one of your businesses or just something personally that you're working towards, obviously that takes up a lot of your time and focus and energy how do you know when it's time to pivot and like that's not the path for you? Like for me, I'll give you an example. For so long, I said, when I'm 30, I'm running my first marathon. 
And lately I've been running more than I've ever run before. And it's for a half marathon. And I'm like, holy shit, like I can't wait to stop running. <laughs> like I love running, but I'm realizing how much time it's taking away from other areas of my life. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much time, granted. But I think, okay, if I were to run a marathon, I'd have to basically double the volume that I'm doing now. And at this point in my life, there's a lot of other endeavors that I think I can put my energy towards that I would be happier I did looking back than if I were to put that time towards extra running right now. Something I can always do in the future, but right now I have other like tangible things that I want to work on and put my brain power and energy towards. So that's my example. What What is one for you where you've been like, oh wait, like my energy is better off somewhere else? I'll give you something that I think about that'll help you. I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think the most intelligent people in the world are academics? No. So why do people spend so much time going and getting degrees and all these other things? To feel validated. There you go. So the way that you determine what you should be doing is are you doing this for some external validation? And it could be a one-year goal. It could be a five-year goal. It could be a 20-year goal. Are you doing this because this is what you were called and meant to be doing? How do you know what that feels like? You don't know it until you feel it. And that's the thing. You don't know it until you feel it. And the only way you feel it is if you try so many different things and you have the ability to be like, I mean, it's like foods, right? When we're little kids, we only eat a small amount of foods. It's not that we don't like any other foods. It's the fear of trying anything else. It's interesting because as a kid, we'll try all these different things, but I don't know why with food, we're very like not. So in certain ways, adults are the same way. With foods, we'll try a bunch of different stuff, but then with our life, we kind of silo into whatever we're pressured to be doing because we're taught the validation. Most here's, here's an interesting thing. I forget who says this, but most people fear public rejection more than they fear death. That is insane to me. I'll be on an island by myself doing whatever the fuck I want. I don't care. I think, so to answer the question be of alive, like how you I want to be alive. I think it's, you know when, because everything in life is hard at some point. Like nothing is endlessly, indefinitely easy, right? So you're always going to reach a hard, challenging, testing time. When you feel like you want to keep going through that because you care so much, that's how you know. Like it's, cause but why do we want it to be easy? Why does anyone want life to be easy? That's another question you have to ask yourself. Is if you're in something and you're like, I want this to be easier, it's not the right thing. I didn't start the podcast because I'm like, I want it to be easy to get a million subscribers. No, then it's not, but then it's I not think everything it. is hard at times, especially when you start something. No, the thing you should be doing shouldn't always be hard. Should not be, always. It not should, always. It should be like rolling the ball downhill. You don't roll the ball downhill, it just rolls downhill. I've always love to talk to people and, and meet new people and network. Well, podcasting is great for that, right? So you're already, you're starting to see like, what are the things that you were called to do? I got in trouble in school for talking too much. Okay, so that's podcast a good is example. a modality so where I could talk forever. For someone who might be thinking about like, yeah, I really don't know what I'm called to do. Like I followed a path. I kind of feel a little bit misaligned with that. I feel like maybe there's something else out there for me that would make me feel more authentic, 
you know, podcasting is that for you. You've put the pieces together to say, this is a good outlet. And if I keep doing this, I can build a career around this. How does someone go about kind of doing that? What would you recommend they kind of map out? You have to be a yes man or yes woman at some point of your life. I'm not, I can't answer that. To be honest, I can't map out your life for you. What well, I can't, okay, I totally understand that. But what are some like initial questions that they should ask, like to get to? Okay, what are the things I should be trying? Again, stop asking yourself questions. If you're not doing anything, you're not going to solve it. So, so just do. Well, no, you need a certain structure, and this goes back to my talk That's yesterday. That's what I'm getting to. Right? So what's the structure? It's literally how are you spending your day? Reflect on how you're spending your day. And even if you add one more thing to your day outside of your comfort zone, that's 365 new things that you tried over the year, new flavors. That you know whether you don't like You can it either or... say yes or no. You can, it's like, if you go back to grade school, the scientific method where you have hypothesis and assumptions and you go to prove them right or wrong. Do I like this thing? And then you can start ranking things. So for me, those listening, I can write, I can do videos, I can do podcasts, I can fly drones. There's so much things I can do in the media world. The only reason I know that this one is for me is just like you said, when it gets hard, I mean, what is it? Sunday night at whatever time it is, I still don't have any resistance to doing it. So that shows me, ooh, that's a little bit of what I should be doing. I love flying drones, but to be honest, there's some resistance when I'm out places and it's just like, ugh. I got to be the guy that gets the drone out and flies it and edits the video. There's resistance there. There's never any resistance with this. Now, the resistance I have with this is like, I love this so much, but I can't love it to success. That's another thing that people have problems with. They, they want something to become success. So say I have Artists, this 10-year yeah. goal, right? But they love it so much. They get into the artist type of mindset where you're, you're not going to love it to its success. You have to do things that you're not going to want to do necessarily. You're going to feel resistance. And for me, it's like, as soon as we stop and we press the record button to stop this, that's when I start feeling resistance. Like oh, now I got to get it up here. I got to do this with it. I got to promote this. I got to gather this data or this photo or this copy, get it out there. Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into everybody's joy. Like to get to do what you want to do, you have to always go through the things that you don't So want. to to wrap up, to answer that question of like for the long-term goals, the reason I'm able to be so consistent and do the monotonous things is because I am very clear on where I want to go. And I think I'm really good at setting metrics and outcomes that lead to what I really want out of life. So a great example is I I don't I looked at my downloads every every month, but I'm not like I got to get to 1000 downloads by a certain time frame or I got to get to 10,000 downloads by a certain time frame. I say how do I get my process of getting guests on the show and having them have a great experience? How do I improve that year over year? How do I improve the content by 5%. And by improved content, it's how do I make content that's more valuable to the specific targeted audience? How do I make content that's more valuable to the guests that's on? How do I make content that's scalable? Meaning it's going to last for five years. It's evergreen. 
if someone finds it five years from now, maybe they'll go and click back on the podcast that was five years old. If I can do that, then I will hit the goals that everybody else seems to set, which is I want to make a million dollars or I want to do this or I want to do that. It's more so about how do I refine my process every year knowing that I'm going to do this for 20 years. If you know you're going to go into something and do it for 20 years, it's much easier to say, all I have to do is improve yeah. the process every You can always year. scale, but it's, it's much better to scale when everything is cleaned up underneath than to scale and then go back. Yeah, because then the if you scale, if I were to scale and be overwhelmed, then it's not fun for me anymore. Then it was like pointless. Right. Oh, you get this attention and you might feel good for a day, but you're just going to have this angst again. So switching gears a little bit, this was a good, this. good conversation, but I do want to switch gears a little bit. You opened up a bit on social media the other day about your autoimmune condition, and you have spoken about it before to various groups, and I think it's something that you hope to share more of because it's really been a hindrance on your life, but also life-changing in that it's led you to this point. So can you talk a little bit about what you went through? I think it was January. What, what was the day that you officially quit corporate world? January 2nd, 2017. So, oh my gosh. It's Wait, it's January 2nd? Yeah. Oh shit. I didn't Five even years realize exactly. that. I knew it was around this time, but I think that's appropriate for you to talk a little bit about like what was going through your mind at that time? What were you dealing with physically, mentally, and health-wise? And like, what was the journey like until now? And for anybody else that's like, I guess what I hope to get out of this question is there's a lot of people that are struggling with autoimmune conditions and they don't necessarily find the answers. I was one of those people going to doctor, 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 test, 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 still not finding the answers. And that can be really, really dark and lonely. And it was helpful for me to like find people online that had maybe experienced something similar. So if this could be kind of that message to others listening. I think to put it in one sentence, and then I'll go a little bit further. For me, the moment that I stopped seeking external answers is the moment that I started to feel a little bit better. Meaning we as human beings have everything that we need and we have the tools to heal, but we are born into a society that is overwhelming and tells you that they have all these different solutions for you. When at the end of the day, if I put you back on this planet, when we were hunter and gatherers, we were living the way that we were supposed to, to live. It's like, we weren't eating constantly. We weren't focused on the next email to answer. We weren't constantly on. We played a lot more. We were in the sun more. We moved more. Once I started reflecting on what am I doing as an individual to hurt myself, I started seeing more answers because it was me that was the problem. And I think people in general, we are built into a society when you're sick, you go to the doctor rather than saying, why am I sick? How do I be? Environment like? Yeah. What's your day-to-day -day like? What got me sick in the first place? And as a kid, it started with, I had a lot of stomach issues. I got strep throat all the time. I had sinus infections all the time. And then I knew I was sick like this when I became a teenager. And instead of solving it, I drank more alcohol, a lot of it, 
I partied hard, meaning I stayed up all night, woke up real early to do whatever I did during the day, constantly going, constantly fixated on doing more, 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 more. And I never really asked myself, what am I doing to cause this? I just sought the external. And then I would get pissed at doctors for not knowing the answer when, unfortunately, doctors are in a system that isn't really built to find the answer. They're not scientists. They're not going to do experiments with you or on you. They have protocols. They have codes that they live by, and that's it. They have things that they're going to prescribe you based on five minutes with you and them assuming what they think you have. And that was an eye-opener for me in my mid-20s was I thought that it was going to be easy, to be honest. I thought that there was a pill or there was a person that could solve it for me other than myself. And eventually what it led to was, and this is for people that don't know my story, I graduated college with an engineering degree. I chase the money. I wanted to make a lot of money. And I put the suit on every single day, drank the coffee, played the game. And when I should have been at my happiest and healthiest in my eyes was I finally graduated. I finally have money. I finally can do the things and escape my small town just like I had wanted to. But I was getting more sick and it didn't make sense to me. And I think what hit home with me the most when I knew that I had to make a change was that people physically noticed. My face started sinking in a little bit and my eyes, people could see and they would ask me, are you okay? And I would say, yeah, I'm fine. And that's when I knew, oh shit. And then the second time I knew, because that was like shortly after college, the second time I knew is like when I moved in with you and realized I had another person who we shared the same bathroom. I couldn't hide anymore. And when I realized that my illness was going to affect our day-to-day life, then I thought in my head, well, if my plan is to marry you, it's going to affect our kids' lives. And then it's going to affect, it's just going to have a ripple effect. And I don't want that. So that was the other thing that made me realize I need to make a change and I need to do something about this. It's, it's crazy to think back because I did quit five years ago and I never thought I would see it a day today. Like, that's the thing. You, you can't, when you're sick, you can't th- even think about a day when you're not going to feel that way. That's yeah. the fucked and up I part. mean, fortunately, you weren't sick with something that was so, you know, deathly or anything that you weren't able to overcome, which is, thank goodness. But I guess the message that you're trying to spread, if I could summarize it, it's just that people need to do a better job of taking stock of what their lives are like, what they can get rid of, how they can reduce stress and literally just go back to basics and figure out how to add things that make you feel good. And so today I think you've, it's hard to go back because you've done so much iteration over the past five years, I think in terms of your daily routine, what you're eating, what you're, how you're exercising, who you're hanging around, what time you go to bed, what supplements you take like there's not a prescription that you can hand someone and say this will do it i love that and i want to be clear the reason that i'm kind of speaking vague in a lot of it is because there is no right way 
and I'm, I'm trying to stay, stay away from steering you in the right way, quote unquote. I want you to interpret this however you're going to interpret it. But I think another thing that helped me was stop trying to cure yourself for your life. Just have a good day. Our life is comprised of months, years, decades, days, right? So I started focusing on like what would make a great day and reflecting on when I felt great, when was it and why was it and analyzing. And I mean, I'll sleep is a huge one. I didn't sleep changed my life. And one of the things that caused issues with us in the past is you need less sleep than I do. You just technically like you do like, and I'm a doer and I'm a goer and I'm competitive. And if you were going to wake up early, so was I. And I mean, I generally wake up earlier than you these days, um, but we go to bed earlier. So, but I've, I've seen you operate off five hours. Like it's nobody's business, but like a good example is when we got back from Sedona and I was hurting that next day and you can just go, we got five hours sleep, five and a half hours of sleep and you're just going I can't operate like that. And this is where the letting go of things needs to happen. I need to let go of them in my mind that that that's a problem, that I should be somebody other than myself. And sleep is just one example because I feel like a lot, like if you need eight hours, cool, right? You know you better than anybody else. And I knew at some circumstances, in some circumstances, that I was doing things that were hurting me just to keep up with somebody else or something else or some fictitious thing in my mind that said, you're not going to be successful if you don't do X, Y, Z. And that was a game changer for me. And then once I kind of sought out that perfect day and what that looked like, then I could scale it and scale up. And then I started having great weeks. And then I started having great months. And now like this is the first year this is the coolest thing for me. Like this is the first year where I feel like I'm I have a shot at having a full year of being healthy at age I'm about to be 31, which is the coolest thing to me. So one of the things that you added last year, which is really exciting because you had your event yesterday, but the sauna and ice. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably know about the benefits of this, but um there's probably others that will find this and see it and kind of don't understand why you do something as crazy as sit in an ice bath for however many minutes and do that often. So can you talk a little bit about how that's helped your your health and your recovery and something that you're going to continue adding into your life and hoping others do as well? Of course. Yeah, I think, man, there's a million different ways I can go with this. But what I really want to talk about when it comes to sauna and ice is the communal aspect of it the the amount of things i've learned by hanging around people that frequently do heat and cold therapy what's the common thread self reflection just curiosity constantly trying to get not trying doing doing things to improve the quality of the life and the community around them i've never met as many people that are doing things like that than in a sauna or in an ice bath. Because if you're getting in the ice- Says a lot about you. Yeah. And I and it at first I was attracted to people that are good in, good in the team environment of sports, right? Shows that they probably have common core principles that are gonna make them a good person to work with, good in business, in all areas of, of their life. 
But I think the sauna and the ice bath shows a, a next level because it shows a level of self-care that 99 point, I'd say 9% of the population isn't doing. And we always hear about the gym. We always hear about food. We always hear about the things that we should be doing. But it's mental care when as the, much as it is. Well, let me yeah. get into that. Yeah. When the reality is we never recover. We're never, who talks about slowing down and recovering? I, I, it's very rare. I'm excited to see like there's a lot more companies getting funding in the space and you see this little franchises popping up. But yeah, I think it's definitely a huge gap in the fitness industry and in the wellness space. And for years, like I, I lost my father to a heart attack while I was exercising. And we talked about this before, but he was always hard, like a hundred percent intensity every single day till the day he died. And I always say, I wonder, you know, if he was getting in ice baths, if he was doing sauna and just like dialing it back a bit, would he still be here? And so that's why I'm super cautious of my own habits. But yeah, I think we don't hear about it a lot. Something that needs to be taught in schools is a course on knowing when to be intense versus consistency. Yeah. And I always say like, if you have the athlete's mindset and the discipline around like, I don't care how I feel like I got to get this done. Like it's about my performance, but like, you're not thinking the long-term game of like, but what if this time that you pushed it is actually going to hinder your performance down the line? Because it's going to take two weeks for you to get the outcome of what you do today. So I don't know. I think that there's just not enough of that talk going on and more about like, here's your plan, follow it. If you mess up, like, make up for it another time. Like we, we're not we're adaptive. Condi we're conditioned to do that. And I think we have to give human race credit. Like the amount of technological advances just are insane. Like just look at what we're talking on right now. This didn't exist a decade ago. The ability for me to do this a decade ago, just 10 years ago didn't exist. Right. So in terms of sauna and ice, the coolest thing for me when I think about a lot of the advantages of doing it and benefits is this has been around forever. Like that's so true. It's been around forever. So for somebody that's thinking about like, but I hate the cold, why would I plunge into a barrel of ice when that sounds terrible and so uncomfortable? Why should they do it? Well, you hate your job and you show up to that. Why do you do that? <laughs> no. Um it's it's not about this hate or love or attaching an emotion, I think, to it. It's really seeking the truth about our worlds. And I think that's, again, something that we're not really taught. We're, we're not taught, and I mean, you can attest to this as women, you're not taught to learn about your body. All the studies in healthcare are generally done on men. There's so much we don't know about the female body right? So when I think about it like that, it's, well, is it healthcare's job to know about my specific body? No. I want to seek the truth of my body. How does this cold make me feel after one minute? How does this cold make me feel after two minutes, three minutes, four, five? The most I've done is 12 minutes. I could have probably went longer. Now, if you told me a couple years ago, I'd be able to sit in an ice bath for 12 plus minutes. I would have called you crazy. There's no way. I think it's a great example of, 
yeah, at first, the first time around is super uncomfortable and you want to get out immediately. But then each time you find yourself being more and more capable of staying in. And that's just a great way to frame any other uncomfortable situation you're going to put yourself in. You're like, okay, it's just reps. Yeah. And, and then the thing is that just like a lot of other things, sports help you in your job, right? Like eating healthy helps you in your longevity. It has these little benefits that you don't see until you give it a go. And again, I don't like, like getting in the ice is not something where I'm just like, Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, this is like sex. Like, no, yeah. that's not what it feels like. Like, it's not like that. It's more of every time I get in the ice, I am seeking more truth for myself of how is this helping my body become its best version of itself and scientifically proven to do so. In a, in a lot of different ways. Again, I could sit here and spew the science on this podcast, but that's not why I created this podcast because you can go to a million other podcasts to do that. What I want to do at Thrive on Life is to motivate you to seek the truth from yourself and step in the ice bath. And I'm going to call my mom out here on DMs. She'll see me do it. She literally word for word said this one time, oh, I can't get in the ice. I could never do that. And I'm like, go spend $5 Get a couple bags of ice, throw it in the bathtub with some water, lay in the bathtub. It's not rocket science. Anyone can do it. It's do you choose to do that? But if you're not, so that how just often seems we- very unrealistic for someone who's not around a community of people who are practicing it and Why is it regularly doing that. Who doesn't have a bathtub? No, I know. But like, unless I think the environment definitely helps. And the fact that it's there. I'm not saying it doesn't it. help. I'm saying it always comes down to the one factor that nobody can change, and that's yourself. Well, you. Discipline. It's always yeah. on you. Com- like Jocko Owen says, complete ownership. Take complete ownership. Like a great example is how many people complain about the chronic diseases they have or their health, then they won't get in an ice bath though. They are the problem. It's not the system. It's not the food that... Unfortunately, our government subsidizes us to it feed is, us. Actually, like it is the person at the end of the day. I'm, I'm talking about adults. I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking like if you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're an adult and you want to make a change, we're blessed to live in a country where most you likely you're going to be able to make that change, or you're just going to be able to DM somebody that can help you make the change. We live in 2022. It's not hard to get in contact with somebody that can help you make that change. There's a lot of blueprints out there right now that did not exist just a decade ago. So I, I struggle to have, I empathize with people, but I struggle to have sympathy for people that complain. So I think sauna and ice is one of them, but is there anything else that you think about your life now and your daily habits and what, how you spend your week? Is there any other areas of your life that would surprise CJ 10 years ago? I never thought that I wouldn't be drinking alcohol or like partying at any capacity. I couldn't tell you the last time that I went to a bar or a party for longer than an hour. Uh, That's one thing that really surprises me since it used to be a huge part of my life. I never thought that I'd be living in Texas. (laughs) That's another one. Um, That's common from a lot of people that live here. I never thought that I'd be an entrepreneur only because I, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. 
And the reason I'm saying a lot of these is because if you're sitting here, we were talking about this the other day, like you, you, you don't know where you're going to be in 10 years. You could try your hardest to try, determine, but you don't know. So the more that you can lean into what I said, doing new things and checking off the box of that felt good, that felt great, that didn't feel good, that didn't feel great, you're going to pinball yourself in the right direction. I didn't think I'd be sitting here podcasting. I didn't think that I would be healthy. I didn't think that I'd meditate. I didn't think that I'd journal or care about my sleep as much or my relationships as much. Last one, I didn't think I would not care what people think. It's a good one. I actually was going to ask you how you manage that. But I was going to say before, when you're listing all these something that I think about is that it's not like all at once you're like, I'm going to meditate, journal, ice bath, not drink, do all these things. It's very gradual. And I think it comes with asking yourself frequently, like, what do I need to do to improve my day, day by day? And that's something where, especially at the beginning of the new year, people can feel really overwhelmed. I'm sure there's people that are super overwhelmed right now because they're like, these are all the things that I'm going to achieve this year. And like, today is day one or day two and you're like, well, crap, like I already am off my list or, you know, this just feels overwhelming and maybe I should limit this. Give yourself, I think it's key to give yourself some grace and be like, just what can I easily incorporate? And then like time after time, like we can always keep adding things and removing at the same time. So it's not like everything has to happen at once for you to feel at peace. I think the number one thing that anybody can do is write shit down. What kind of shit? Like everything. So what do you use to write things down? Well, I mean, today I have a, I have a daily newsletter that I, I, I write. So I write my thoughts and then I have a, like a notebook that I write things in. I used to journal. I How used often to, do you go back to that notebook? Never. So it's the, it's, well, you're sometimes say if that. I write business stuff, I'll, I'll go back to it. So that's, I think, a problem because I've been doing some research on like planners and notebooks and things for that reason. I love physically writing things down just to get clarity. Like even if I don't refer back to it, I think just like releasing the thought on paper helps me. But I don't always necessarily have to refer back to it. So it's interesting. That's your method. Well, the one reason Why? that I said that that was the thing that, for someone to do is if you're listening to this, you probably know how to write. You probably have access to a notebook. So I'm always conscious of like, what do people have? Some people aren't going to have the access to get an aura ring, but, and track their sleep. So it's just like, to me, the thing that helped me the most was literally tracking so, my sleep because then it had, it could show me all the variables. It could show me the impact of sauna and ice and alcohol and long days and long night, it, it could show all that. But if I were to dig into how I figured out to get to the aura ring or get to the whoop or get to the sauna or get to not drinking, it was literally writing. Like all, going writing, all the way back to when I started a blog. So how do you start writing? Um, and I'm assuming that you're referring to writing like your thoughts. Right? It's not how do you start writing. It's why did we ever stop? Because when you were a kid, you drew you did art. You wrote. We wrote in high school. I wrote stories. You planned your days. You wrote. Fiction. We wrote a lot. 
And then we get into college and we're using the modality of writing less and less and less. The only thing I wrote in college was equations, right? Because we didn't have to take English anymore. So to get back into the habit of writing, what do you recommend? Not restricting yourself to a certain way. Just pick up a pen and say, for the next five minutes, I'm going to write whatever comes to my mind. That is scary for people. But that's why I'm saying do it. Like Everyone wants to buy the structured gratitude journal and all these things. But again, you're then falling into the fallacy of there's a right way to do it. There's no lines in it because... Sometimes I want to write big. Sometimes I want to write small. Sometimes I want to draw something. Sometimes I feel like I am struggling to write, so I just scribble. Take five minutes and just write it down. It could be writing your day down. It could be writing your goals down. It could be writing what you love about yourself, what you hate about yourself, what your goals are for 2022, what you failed at in 2021, whatever it is the habit that you need to create isn't actually even the writing. It's setting aside that five minutes to actually give yourself the the peace of mind to open up the first page and then write the pen. So because of that, what I would suggest in anybody doing is purchasing that journal and putting it in a place where you either do it right when you wake up or you do it right before you go to bed. And that's going to give you the highest probability of actually opening the page and writing. And again, the reason that I'm saying this is because Anybody can do that. And then once you go into that, then you're going to start finding some things out about yourself. But if I were to go back in time and do it in a way that could get me here today, it literally would just be asking myself in my quote, Patrick Lyons, he was a, a podcast guest a while back. He talked about perfect day. I would literally just write down, okay, today's Sunday. How was Saturday? What did I do yesterday that I loved? What decisions did I make that I loved about myself? What decisions did I not like that I made? Who were the people that made me feel great? What are their characteristics? Who were the people that made me not feel so great? What are their characteristics? Write it all down and then you'll start seeing and being able to attach yourself to, oh, once you have that feeling again, I need to, that's not, that's not for me. Or not set yourself up for success versus setting yourself up for success. Yeah, that's, that's where writing idea. helps a lot. I think it, I've felt this before where it's like, okay, I want to start journaling more, but then I get to the blank empty page and I'm like, I put too much expectation on myself for it to be like well-written. And it's, it's like, for what? But this goes back to what I said. Like, why do you feel like you deserve to have a well-written product when you don't write? Yeah, that's a great question. But I just mean like, that's just my approach. And so I have to like for humans, let my though, guard down that's a like, I'm, I'm just going to write that question. free like, thought. Why as humans, if, if you're listening to this and you don't write, that's okay. Who the fuck cares? Go get a notebook. And if you're opening it up and you're like, oh, none of this is good. Why are you expecting it to be good? You don't write. You don't go into first grade and be like, I deserve my high school degree. Yeah. But I think it, this kind of, brings us back full circle to what we talked about in the beginning around like your feelings and your emotions. And I think for you, it, I've noticed a progression and the more that you write and the more that you write like a reflection of your days prior, the better you are at communicating the things that are bothering you and the things that are weighing on your mind. So I think it's, it is a very great tool. Yeah. Easy, if I had to free, dial in the self-care. The- 
I mean, you heard me speak yesterday at the event and I was really proud of what I said. And the cool thing is like, I did no preparation besides thinking like, what topic do I want to talk about? Now, what got me to that point was sitting here on podcasts, but what got me to be able to do podcasts was the writing because without the writing and thinking about what is it that I love and the things that fill me up with joy, it got me to think about podcasts and the ideas and, and the art behind it, feeling timeless, like Noah would say. That didn't happen until I was able to write on a blank canvas and not have an expectation of no one's ever going to see this besides me. Yeah. That's the beauty of so, it. But no one's ever going to see it, but you don't care what people think anyway. So how did you get to that point of not caring what people think? And I, I mean, I could tell that you don't care about what people think by some of your grammatical errors, <laughs> by some of your aggression that I see at times. Um, how? <laughs> how do you not? It goes back to because I think what you, I you do care. You care that the people you don't ever want to hurt people that you know are supporting and loving of you. Like obviously. You're not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but at the same time, if you hurt someone's feelings, you're like, okay, that wasn't for them. So how, how do you get to that place? Because I think, I know I personally struggle with, I fear, like if I say how I really feel about something, that that person could view me in a different way. And then I have to say, well, that would be okay. And how does but that I'm make not, you feel about yourself? That makes me feel less about myself because I feel like I, yeah. So I'm really working on like just completely noticing that and not what is the point of going through life always feeling less about yourself you're right but i think it takes the reflection of realizing that we do feel that because i think it's just common it's second nature for people they don't even realize that there is this other way of feeling i think it's detaching yourself from thinking like you can control how other people think yeah but that's i mean i think you can you can tell yourself that and you can agree with that. But it, at the same time, I think it's hard to but implement Going that. back to what you said, my, my aggression at times and my grammatical issues, right? I would have to ask myself, why would grammar matter? Who told me that grammar matters? Aggression. Is my aggression because I care or is my aggression not justified and because I'm being an asshole? Aggression in itself but don't you isn't feel, bad. If you write, I understand like that. if I'm aggressive on the sports field, that's not innately bad, right? So I can't ever control whether that person thinks of my action in a certain way. So why am I gonna stop taking whatever action it is? Because there's a million other people, actually there's 7.7 .7 billion other people that I don't know how they think. I can only control myself. And if I, deep down in my heart, I know that most of the times when I'm being aggressive or passionate, it's because I care. And you'll see this. If I don't care about something, I don't want to acknowledge it at all. Like I could, we could be at a dinner table and I'll look bored as fuck because I just do not care, right? So which way is the right way? for me to live my life. I want to be at tables where I'm passionate when I'm talking. I don't want to be at the table where I just don't say anything because I'm just like, Bleh. I don't even want to be here right now. And in terms of grammar, I don't ever want to write for an audience that's going to nitpick 
my grammar. There's more to life than a couple spelling errors. So, so if I could boil that down to how you think about it, it's one, you don't really think about it. You just do so quickly that, and this is where I think people that are more like me who take a while and like, you know, want to perfect everything, you start thinking through like, okay, how things could be interpreted. And but that's a privilege. Okay. You have a privilege to think about it. When you come at life, like I have nothing to lose, then you stop. You, when, when you're like every second counts, you don't have time to even think of being perfect because great- you're like, this could be my last day. So, so how do you how do you think that, like that then? How how should I start thinking like that? I just remind myself there's no time. I can't to waste. answer that for you. Yeah, like you've went through trauma, and it's it's one of the most surprising things in our relationship to me is that you've been through just as much, if not more, trauma than I have. But I remember what it feels like to wake up and be sick and literally not want to be alive. I don't want to go back to that. So I start thinking, what was my mind like then? What were my actions like then? I just don't do those things. Now, what were my actions in my mind like on the greatest of greatest days? I just mimic that over and over again. And I think the thing that you struggle with the most that I don't is letting go of people. That would be a question to ask yourself. I will drop you like it's hot. Like if, if you're a person and you're negative, I don't care if you're friends, family, whoever, I will tell you the truth and I just will not hang around you if you create conflict in my life. Life is way too short. And I think that's one of the things I've witnessed that you have a little bit more of a problem of. And I think if you solve that, then the other things that you were asking me about not caring about get easier and easier because it's just writing. It's just podcasting. It's just that one person that maybe I was a little bit too aggressive and they took it the wrong way. Half the time, they're they're never going to tell me anyway. I think the other thing to remember is always like, if you find yourself worried about what people think, like, just remember, like, they probably aren't even thinking about it in the first place. Like, people, if they think something, then they're not going to think it five minutes later. So it's not even worth your time. Yeah. You can't think for them. You don't know what they're thinking. And 99.9% of the time, they're not thinking what you think they're thinking. Yeah. Like, oh, what did I have for lunch today? <laughs> Where do I ha- what do I have to do after this? I don't know. I, I think it is common though, like if you have something important to tell somebody and not just I'm not just talking about putting writing out there, but this goes for anything like a, a difficult conversation with somebody, whether it's somebody you're in a relationship with, somebody at work, like with a friend, like difficult conversations could be hard and we can be worried about what, how they're going to perceive what you're saying and how you might make them feel. So you like fest, let it fester in your mind. And I think, I mean, I'm human. I do that. Yeah. I, you've seen me do that before. Yeah. And I think that there's a difference between just shooting from the hip and acting on all the time and also being mindful of how people feel. And I, I've seen that improvement in you over time. I feel like you, you used to just be like super strong, like come off super strong. I don't know the right, the right words to put to it right now, but and you still have this tendency. But at times I'd be like, whoa, like be mindful of your audience at times. And you're like, well, I don't care. But I've, I've seen you kind of like be a little bit more mindful of. But this is the thing. 
the mindfulness doesn't come from me trying to please others. What does it come from? It didn't shift Not pleasing. From, from me. It came from me conserving energy. It's always been about me. And that's what I want to convey to you if you're watching this or listening to this. It's about becoming your best you. And the best me isn't the guy that gets riled up over every conversation and every little instance that I am in. That's not the best me. That's me. If I'm giving energy to that convo that doesn't really matter, it's me sacrificing somewhere else, just like Noah would say. That's why I changed. I didn't change because of the whoever interpreted what I was doing. I didn't care to make them feel better. I cared to make me feel better. And that's why I'm healthier and happier because I just don't spend time doing that energy anymore in a lot of different ways. And that's another thing that I think a lot of people could learn from is where are you spending energy that you don't even realize? Like I didn't, I never realized I was doing it until you bring it up. Yeah. I think, okay. To that point, now that I see it that way, like you did used to get, you know, really passionate, passionate is a good word, really passionate about conversations and at times it can be just like, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit. But it's true. Like I see, I see that in you at times, but in other times it's like you're probably just thinking, okay, this isn't worth me getting all riled up about. So it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, that's, that's how it ended. But right, got any more questions? Yep, last one, best one. If you had to summarize in one sentence what you hope this podcast brings to a listener, what would that be? The whole show? Yeah. Or this if episode? they were to come to any episode of Thrive on Life podcast, what would you say in summary you give to listeners through this show? Or guests? I think the theme and the mood and the motivation that I try to give to people, and we mention it here on this podcast, today is that like you don't have time you think you have time but you don't time goes at the blink of an eye so i hope that this podcast inspires you to write down that thing get the journal get the book record the podcast start the business quit the job start the job go on the run start your exercise routine get in the ice bath get in the sauna travel Fly to that destination, fly to that girl, fly to that guy. Take the road trip. You don't have time. Make every heartbeat count. I say it over and over and over again. And it doesn't have to look like every day is glamorous. Making every heartbeat count is even in the toughest of times, you're able to write in your journal and reflect what really matters in this moment because it's not going to be easy. People are going to die. People are going to get sick around you. People are going to take advantage of you. You might get hurt. You might get sick. You can't tell the future. But the one thing that you can control in any, in any moment is your intention. Like my intention right now is to do X, Y, Z or not do X, Y, Z. And the more you lean into setting that intention and being able to take that action, that's what I hope this podcast with the guests and the listeners is able to achieve. And it's a great question because I always ask myself, like, what can this show become and how does it get better? And I'm careful not to go in any certain direction 
just because some other show is going in a direction or other person is going in a direction. Should I be more scientific? Should I be more health focused? Should I be more about business? Should I be more about motivation? Those are questions I ask myself every single day. Like I rack my brain on it every day. But in 2022, I do a much better job in 2021 and before that. I feel like I've done a good job of letting it come to me and not trying to force it in any which direction. And that's where if you listen to this one and you just heard this, if I answered that question correctly, please let me know. Because if this doesn't motivate you and this doesn't inspire you to take action, how can I make that happen? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Let's hear you wrap it up. I think today I'd say my biggest takeaway, and I think it came clear in the end, was always be so focused on you. And that that could be stripping away all the things that we're told to add. It could be just getting back to the root of who are you. And that shows up in every conversation, in every environment, in every day. And I think the second message to add on to that is to just view things day by day. I think it can be really overwhelming to be like, this is what's happening this year and this month. But the only way we can truly achieve those things that we say we want to do in the next month and year is to focus on the day and literally think back to yesterday, what was good, what was bad, how can I do better today for me? Yeah. That's all humans can ever do. So I enjoyed talking about that I feel like I learned a couple things and how do you feel it was helpful I liked it I like being asking the questions because I actually enjoy thinking of the questions to ask and then I think it's fun to what was cool about actually having a couple questions in my mind already and listed down on my notes I didn't even have to for a few of them like they just came up naturally so it was cool that our conversation naturally took us that way But yeah, I really enjoy it. I think that this is a really cool way to share time together. And hopefully I'll do it in the future with all kinds of cool guests as well. But you You did amazing. Thank you so much for for the questions. This is a hell of a way to kick off the year. I look forward to many more conversations off the podcast and on the podcast. For those that don't know, this is my wife, Erin Finley. Please reach out to her at Aaron.spiration on Instagram and let her know how she did as a host. She's been on the show before. I have her on almost every quarter, and I'm really looking forward to everything that she is setting out to achieve this year. So I think that's what we're going to do next quarter when we have you back on is really talk about uh, some of the things that you're working towards. Uh, but for now, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.